For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're listening to a Brawl Network and Eagles Brawl podcast. You love the Philadelphia Eagles. Let me get a hell yeah. This is the Kelly Green Show. We're a bunch of underdogs. And you know what underdogs is? It's a hungry dog. Here's your host, Football Kelly. Welcome back to the Kelly Green Show. I am your host, Football Kelly. The search is officially in high gear for the Eagles' next coaching staff. I know a lot of people are focused on the head coach position most of all, but it is important to realize that the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator will have a significant impact on the direction of the roster and the team moving forward. The one man who has covered the Eagles for over 20 years has agreed to come on the Kelly Green Show today, and I am so excited to talk to him about all of this. My guest is a reliable source, a trusted member of the Eagles media, and he launched his very own podcast this season, Derek Gunn. How are you, D-Gunn? Hey, Kelly. How are you doing today? I'm living the dream. You know what? You just stole my line. So am I. I don't know where your <laughs> dream is going, but I'm living it. Exactly. We've, <laughs> we've got a fresh new perspective today. We're starting off uh, the search for the coach, but we'll get into all of that later on. I want to talk to you about some, some of your work over the years. Okay. You've been a uh, prominent reporter in Philly since 1997. I feel like I've known you my whole life growing up watching CSN. As an avid Eagles fan, I always got excited to hear your reports specifically. So just tell me, what is your favorite report that you were able to break during your career so far and why? Wow. Well, first of all, when you said prominent, I'm looking around like, who is she talking about prominent? (laughs) Second of all, you said since 1997, so that was a very nice and professional way of you telling me that I'm old now. Thank you very no, much. No, no. established reporter. <laughs> a seasoned vet. Yes. <laughs> no, but, but to answer your question, wow, that's, that's such a broad question, and so many different um, interviews uh, come to mind and breaking, breaking story, stories, and I think the one that really comes to the forefront, um, a lot of people would be shocked by, and I would have to say it was years ago when the Eagles were still having training camp in Lehigh. And one day uh, prior to practice, I had after practice, I had a chance to sit down with Brian Dawkins. It was at a time when Brian Dawkins thought it was going to be his last year in Philadelphia. So we're sitting down in this dorm room in Lehigh. Um, we're, you know, he, Doc and I are great friends. We've been shooting back and forth, just just ripping it up. So then we start the Q&A session, and the more I talk, I see his eyes are starting to well up. And all of a sudden, tears start flowing because he talked about giving his heart and soul to this organization and to the city, and he didn't want to see it come to an end. And, you know, I'm looking at Doc, but I have my producer standing on one side and my photographer, and occasionally I'm looking at them like, wow, we got, we got a great story here because we've seen Doc get passionate, We've seen him get emotional, but never seen Dawkins where tears are actually flowing. 
And so it turned out to be a great story and, and it was just, it caught fire. People just gravitated towards it. So after I, I did my, my show that day, I texted his wife and said, you know, your husband broke down and started crying while I was interviewing him. And she goes, eh, that's just B dog. He cries all the time. I'm like, what? So you mean I didn't bring this emotion out of him? He does this all the time. So, so she took me from a, a monumental high to a marginal high. But that, that was one of my favorite moments to see not just the, 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 the passion and, and the emotions of a dog, but just to see the, the heartfelt Brian Dawkins tears just flowing because of what he thought would be his swan song in Philadelphia. And as it turned out, he, he ended up staying one more year before he moved on to Denver. I actually can recall you having a very raw interview with him when he signed with the Broncos. Yeah. Um, he couldn't even finish that interview. Wow. And, and that was, you know, for fans in this day and age, it would have gone viral. That that raw interview with him, that emotional interview. I don't think viral was a word back when he signed with the Broncos. Yeah. But um, I do remember that exchange and you just had such an authentic um conversation with him it it definitely proved that you have a relationship with these guys and it's not just about reporting what's going on it's about you know the people behind the helmets yeah. so um i do respect your work and i i really do um Thank appreciate you. you coming on to this show because it's really great to to speak to you about these type, types of things um so your, many your memory is impeccable. Wow. Thank I, you. I can't believe that, you remember that, was that like, moment. Wow. That was like a moment for a lot of Eagles fans when we heard that Dawkins wasn't going to be with the Eagles. It's like surreal. So it was kind of like, where were you when that news broke? And hearing him talk for the first time, I, I believe it was with you. So Yes, it was. It now, had to have been that, that moment that I was like, wow. You know, the funny thing is, um, anybody who knows me knows that um, very seldom do you catch me off guard. I can serve and volley with the best of them. I always have a smart alley comment for anybody. Um, but that one particular moment caught me off guard because we were live on TV at that point. Yeah. I, had, I had the exclusive with him. And all of a sudden he just broke down and said, D-Gun, I can't talk right now and hung up. And I'm like, uh, where do we go from here? But me being me, it took me about two or three seconds to redirect traffic. Um, and we kept going, but uh, that was one. Wow, you know, I forgot about that, but that was one of the moments where I was almost speechless because I almost didn't know where to go after that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of fans were like, "Why is he going?" And so you being stunned by that moment too, I think, um, just captured what all fans yeah. were feeling in that moment. Anyway, um, so you know, fans, players were all shocked by the news that you were no longer going to be at NBC Sports Philadelphia. Um, but you took that opportunity to turn lemons into lemonade and you utilized your skills, your contacts, your experiences mm -hmm. to um, really launch this new podcast show called yeah. Gun on One with Derek Gunn. And I'm just curious, what's been the most exciting, what's been the most challenging mm -hmm. aspect of that new venture for you? Um, I, not just that venture, but a lot of ventures I'm doing now, I think being structured. You know, when you've done a job for so many years, you know the routine, you know how to cut corners, you know where you have to be, you you know, you, 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 you gauge your time a lot better. But when you're doing your own thing now, um, you have to be structured. I have a team of producers uh, that I work with on this podcast, getting guests. You know, I have to go back and forth with guests. Well, you can't do it this week. Can you do it next week? So I'm like the host, the producer. Um, and, and the, uh, uh, what, what do they call them? Uh, ta uh, talent coordinator for my show, something I'm not used to being. So initially that was the tough part. The easy part 
was reaching out to people because of my relationships with so many people, not just in Philadelphia, but across the country. And as you'll see going forward, some of the guests that I will have on the Gun on One podcast, um, that's the easiest. The hardest thing is coordinating it and, and trying to get it done. Because some, I hate to say this, but some of these, sometimes these current and ex-athletes that tell you they're going to do something, and then all of a sudden <laughs> wait until the last minute, Oh, I forgot. Um, uh, I got to watch the baby today. Oh, oh, you know, my car is being detailed today. I forgot I had an appointment. I'm like, <laughs> you can't wait until the day of to tell me this stuff. You know, you, can you tell me two or three days in advance so I can reroute myself? Uh, but, but that's, that's probably the most difficult aspect is of getting the guests, um, and, and, and getting them to stay committed to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. behind the scenes, it it looks a little easy when you just post all the episodes, but you had yeah. Lane Johnson, yeah. you had Brandon Graham, you had Chris mm-hmm. Long, you had Vinnie Curry. You've had yeah. a lot of really My gosh, genuine... Scott Hansen, you know, yeah. Yeah, like you've had some yeah. really star-studded people on your show. So a lot of respect for what you've been doing so Thank far. You. And I encourage all of our fans of the Kelly Green Show to go and check it out if they haven't already. And pitch some people to Derek Gunda track down and speak to him Absolutely. for his episodes. Let him Absolutely. know who you want to hear from because I think he can get it done. You know what? At some point, uh, because we have so much so much stuff current going on now, uh, I'm, I'm going to stay current. But somewhere down the road, like maybe April, May, June, or July, I'm going to start doing some of the Where the Eagles Are Now, well, Lito Shepherds, um, you know, guys like that. Uh, we, you know, we, I talk to Hollis Thomas all the time. He's still around here. I, I want to get uh, Hugh Douglas. Get Asante um, Samuel because his son's Asante, in the draft. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Try to get Asante. That uh, would Bob, be fun. Bobby Taylor, uh, all these guys. You know, I've had Donovan on as well. So uh, I'm going to get some of these guys just to, find, just to catch up with them, see what they're doing now in their lives as well. Can't wait to hear it. I'm yeah. really excited for everything that you're putting together, and it's a really good podcast. So I, uh, I appreciate you coming on to my podcast as a guest. Well, I'm trying to stay ahead of you because I've listened to yours a couple of times, and, <laughs> and I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh, I got competition now. So I got to step up my game. So you're putting the pressure on me now. We're I making each I, other better here. I thought I could relax and enjoy this, but I got people like you putting pressure <laughs> on me. And I'm like, no, I got to, I got to, you know, I got to hustle and grind to make this thing work, to stay ahead of or equal to the competition. Hey, it's all about sharpening steel, you know, (laughs) iron sharpens iron. Uh, So it is evident from all of your work that you have strong relationships with guys in this locker room. Since Peterson was let go and the cap situation is what it is for 2021, do you have a sense of how players are feeling? Uh, are they uncertain about their future with this team, or how do they feel about what's going on with this current situation? In a in a broad sense, I would have to answer your question as all of the above. There, are, you know, X amount of players know that they're going to be here. You know, when you think about the Lane Johnsons, uh, uh, the the Brandon Brooks uh, players like that, they know they're going to be here. There are many more that are uncertain about their futures with this organization, and it's understandable uh, because they just didn't pan out here, uh, cap restrictions, so on and so forth. It's understandable. Some guys were, you know, upset that Doug Peterson was let go. They thought he was made a scapegoat in this thing. You know, a lot of other players are saying, okay, well, you know what? That's yesterday. Now i got to start looking ahead to what's coming in here. Am I going to be a part of here? So it, it's a little bit of it, the emotions are like a roller coaster for for a lot of different guys, you know, when you're talking about over 60 something players um, that have been in a brotherhood for a year, every year it changes. You're not going to have the same players every year. And in this case, you're not going to have the coaching staff that you got uh, accustomed to 
over the last, you know, three or four years, you know, minus the changes. So, yeah, it's a little bit of everything going on right now. And I think that's pretty much what I expected to hear. Yeah. I, I think most of these guys are, um, you know, the, the the veterans of the team definitely feel a little uncertain with uh, the cap situation mm-hmm. and not knowing if they're going to be here long term. So I totally understand if that's how they're feeling at the moment. Yeah. Um, I have this. I have this segment on my podcast mm-hmm. called the Kelly Green Lightning Round. It's okay. quick questions. Quick questions. Quick answers, just to get a feel for who my guest is of the day. So, are you ready? So, I have to give you one word answers. <laughs> not not one word, but as as short as you can. I'm not a person who can talk in short <laughs> terms, but I'll do it for you. Okay, I'll give it a shot. I think you can do it. Okay. All right. You're a grill master. We see it on the Twitter timeline all the time. You're always cooking something up. Mm-hmm. Your green, your big green egg, mm-hmm. or the gas grill. Oh, definitely the green egg. You know, when you can't you can't compare the flavors when you have like my mesquite woods, apple woods mixed in with this stuff called lump coal and you're smoking meats for three or four hours. Definitely the green egg over a gas grill. You know, I have I have four different kind of grills on my deck outside. I know, you're a connoisseur. I'm telling you, I got a blackstone, I got the black Weber grill, I got the gas grill. To me, the gas grill is last on my list compared really? to the okay. other one. Yes. Yes. I know it's the fashionable thing to do is to have the gas grill. I don't like cooking on a gas grill unless I absolutely have to, or unless it's a quick meal. So <laughs> gas grill is number four. You're the big green egg. Okay, that's yep. the decision there. Yep. Favorite musician or band? Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, let me think about this for a second. Wow. <laughs> Favorite musician or band? Um, Luther Vandross has been one of my favorite voices of all time. My goodness. Um, Michael Jackson's a close second. Uh, but I would have to say, I would have to start with Luther Vandross. His voice is so genuine, so rich. Um, and coming from a family that has a musical background, um, I would have to say Luther. I respect it. Yeah. Now, now, board games or card games? What's keeping you occupied during pandemic? <laughs> the pandemic? You know what? I don't play much of any, but one that my daughter made us play um, uh, during Christmas holidays with, with all my, my kids and, and my son-in-laws. And it, it's, it's called Scattergory. I love that oh, I game. Love it. I yes, love that uh, game, you know, and it makes you think. And half the time, I end up with blank spots because I can't think of an answer. And then I'm listening to other answers. I'm like, how stupid can you be? You should have said <laughs> that. So I would say category. Very entertaining. I yeah. support. I support your answer. Yes. Personal preference: offense or defense? Offense, definitely. Definitely okay. offense. I love to see a good defense, but I love to see a great offense. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, yeah. Your favorite thing about Brandon Graham? He's the genuine article. He would walk up to you or anybody and talk to you on the street like he's known you for 20 years. He is the most gregarious person, one of the most gregarious people I've ever met in my life. He always has a smile on his face, always has a a hug for people in the locker room. I wish there were 1,600 Brandon Grahams in the National Football League. He's uh, quite the entertainer uh, in an interview and definitely with you. You, You've joked before that – after his career is done in football, you guys should start a TV show, and I would definitely watch that. Uh, you know, I hope it happens, but Brandon will tell you he'll do something, and uh, next thing you know, he's got 20 excuses why he won't do it. But hopefully it'll happen down the road. 
fingers crossed. Finger, yes. Fingers crossed. Absolutely, yes. All right, let's talk about this coaching search because it certainly feels like the front office is being extremely thorough. We've heard very a very long list of names. Yeah. And at this rate, it seems like the Eagles are going to start requesting fans to start interviewing for the process. Um, as far as the guys that have come in and been requested to interview at this point, do you feel anybody is a good fit so so far? Well, you look at a Josh McDaniels and you see a success ratio with the offense that he's had up in New England for so long. Very creative offense. You look at an Eric Bieniemy and what he's been able to do with that Kansas City offense. Very creative, very deceptive. Um, so I would hope that if they decide to go with an offensive-minded coach, that they would get a coach that has that creativity, something that's been lacking in this offense for the last couple of years. This offense got dull and stale, obviously, when – Frank Reich left and John DiFilippo left and other coaches uh, left and Mike Gross. This offense got dull and stale, um, and I hope that they bring in a mind. You look at some of the young minds, uh, uh, Sean McVay, uh, uh, Matt LaFleur in Green Bay, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, um, guys like that, uh, the Mike Vrabels you know, in Tennessee, and, and get an offense that, that, that keeps a defense guessing. Look at what, what the uh, – Buccaneers are doing down in Tampa with their offense. Of course, you you know, they have weapons on top of weapons, but you look at how they move the pieces around. They constantly keep the chess pieces moving. You don't know where they're going to go in any given time. So hopefully, you know, if they go offensive-minded coach, they get a coach, uh, a young up-and-coming coach um, uh, that, that can give you some creativity, some unpredictability in this offense. And I, I certainly agree with you. I think that McDaniels is uh, the fan's least favorite this, uh, choice of the people uh, just reviewing how they're feeling about the different names that are being, na- being yeah. named at this point. Um, but I do think that he's done a lot with very little at the wide receiver position. I know we had Tom Brady for so many years, but think about how many times he was able to get to a free wide receiver. That's created by the offensive scheme, and I think that that is a, a hat tip to um, McDaniel's scheme. So um, it is it is something that I'm concerned, concerned about is – the front office being too involved in the process mm-hmm. of of the offensive and defensive coordinator positions, like I've alluded to that in the beginning of the show, that I think that those two positions are just as important as the head coaching hire. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that Lori will allow somebody to come in and choose their own staff, or do you think he's going to be heavily involved in, in handpicking the people who are underneath the incoming coach. Well, see, hopefully they learned their lesson uh, prior to hiring Doug Peterson when um, they hired Jim Schwartz before they hired Doug Peterson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I'm a candidate and you tell me that I'm getting the job, one of the main things I want to know is, can I bring my people in, people that I feel comfortable with, people that I've worked with before. We will be of one accord. We will be on the same page at all times. Um, that's That's – the way I'm looking at it, if I'm the, the chosen one to take this job and try to take this team to the next level, if you're going to handpick uh, coaches for me, the cohesiveness may not be there. Right. You know, it, it might. It might mesh. It might not mesh. But as a coach, I want to put my signature on what I'm about to do. I want to have significant input in changing the direction and the culture of what that I'm about to do, what you're asking me to do, what you're paying me a seven-figure income to do. So uh, I would I would hope Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman, you know, when they decide on who it is, whoever it may be, 
that they also say, okay, look, who do you want to bring in here with you to get this thing to back uh, back to what we had in 2017? And I am totally with you on that. Yeah. I, I'm a little worried that they are heavily involved in deciding the offensive and defensive coordinators uh, just because of the fact that we heard that they didn't like who Doug Peterson was suggesting for the offensive, right, right. and then that ended up being his downfall. So uh, they clearly have some – expectations they clearly have some thought process on who should be you know considered for those slots sure um but filling the staff should definitely be something that the head coach will be able to make a decision on one thing that uh les bowman from philadelphia inquire just recently pointed out was that on average it takes under jeffrey Lurie's ownership the eagles the um, hire a head coach 22.25 days so it's going to be a little bit of time if that average stands um, and you know we're going to have to be a little patient and see you know what happens as far as the fan base is concerned uh, let the process play out hopefully uh, they bring in some guys to to really help this roster um, but that next head coach is going to come in with an offensive coordinator and and the big question of this offseason is What's going to happen with Carson Wentz? Is he going to be the guy going forward? So from what you know, can Carson Wentz really be rehabilitated in Philadelphia with all the articles and controversy mm -hmm. that seems to follow him? Um, and how do you envision him being able to make that possible if he can uh, be rehabilitated in Philadelphia? Well, hopefully this has been a humbling experience for him. If you look at Carson's history, He's always been like the big man on campus wherever he's gone, high school, college. He came into the NFL as the second overall pick. His second year in the league, he's, he was an MVP candidate, the leading MVP candidate before he, uh, he was injured. Uh, so it's basically been nothing but Camelot uh, throughout his football career. And now it's like crashing down around him. Um, you know, the media has attacked him. Uh, things started leaking out about him butting heads with the coach deliberately changing plays he didn't like. So it's making Carson look in a negative image right now, something that he's not used to. Um, so hopefully he takes a serious look at himself in the mirror and say, okay, I have to change. You know, you heard a story a few years ago by a guy named Joe Santa Liquido. Uh, he put the story out there about Carson was not a great teammate. Um, and a lot of fans wanted to attack Joe because of his article. And as we sit here today, Turns out a lot of stuff Joe was saying was true. Um, so Carson has to decide what he wants to be. He's going to have to win back over a portion of that locker room. I would imagine, though, a lot of vets who may have resisted Carson won't be here in the future because of the cap situation. They're going to have to get a lot younger uh, in a hurry. So he's going to have a young nucleus of players around him. And if he's going to truly lead by an example, and be the face of this organization, he's going to have to change in some ways. If you get the right coach in here, a coach who's strong enough to stand up to him and correct him when you have to, um, then I can see Carson rehabbing and hopefully getting better, getting back uh, close to what he was in 2017. But if the Eagles are going to hire a head coach that they want just to coddle him and baby him, I don't know how much better he's going to get. So hopefully, again, it falls under the umbrella of the Eagles organization, meaning Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman have learned some valuable lessons over the last few years in terms of what they did to the head coach, what they've allowed the quarterback to do. Basically, you gave the keys to the kingdom 
uh, to Carson Wentz in a lot of ways. And hopefully um, they've, they've sat down, they've taken the notes, they've added the pluses and minuses of what they, they've done wrong, what they need to do a lot better, and utilize all those assets to get the right person in here to get Carson back on track. We're all hoping that that is the case. Uh, I think it would be just a fantastic thing to see him really figure out what is going wrong, especially addressing things potentially in the locker room um, to admit his shortfalls for this season um, and get back to the, the core mechanics that he, you know, might have missed out on because uh, he wasn't taking coaching well. And and so hopefully we do get somebody in the door that is um, ready for that, that opportunity and and ready to uh, get to work. So See, see anybody can be rehabilitated. You have to want to be rehabilitated. Right. And I'm assuming that the Carson, because he's been dragged through the mud in recent months, that he wants to come out on the other side with a clean slate and shining. And the best way to do that is to humble yourself, to admit your wrongs, and to look forward to working with a whole new regime of people coming in uh, to get back on the same page of trying to be one of the upper echelon teams in the NFC. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. So let's face it, the Eagles will not be competitive in free agency this offseason due to the cap situation. A lot of vets will likely be cut due to the cap, um, and the draft will be much more critical than it ever has been, especially because Eagles fans aren't even accustomed to being a top 10 picking team Mm -hmm. uh, based off of record, of course. Um, So the hype for the sixth pick is at an all-time high. Uh, regardless of who the player is, do you have faith that this front office will be able to select a game changer for the roster that they desperately need? Well, when you look at their recent history, for every hit that they've had, they've had an abundance of misses. So to answer your question on the surface, no, I don't feel comfortable right now. As it stands, looking at the history of their draft in recent years, um, and, and Howie is still at the forefront of it, he claims that Andy Weidel is the guy uh, to conduct the the search uh, for that one player. Whoever that player is has to be an impact player, um, has to be a cornerstone for this team, not just for the duration of his four-year contract, but much farther uh, than that. Do I feel good about what they may do right now? No, but I will say this. You can't miss. You cannot miss on this player. You know, you have to find – Another Lane Johnson, you know, uh, who's been a cornerstone of this organization when they picked him at number four. You have to find somebody of that caliber, whether it's a linebacker, whether it's a wide receiver, whether it's a cornerback. um, He has got to be able to hit the ground running and come in here because whoever they pick, let's face it, they could come in here and start right away. This is not a not a deep roster. It's a younger roster. And I don't see when I'm talking about the linebackers, the wide receivers and the cornerback. I don't see anybody right now other than Darius Slay uh, who's got anything locked down. It should be an open competition, wide open competition for the new coaching staff and coming here for them to decide who they want to be their their frontline 22 players on this team. And that number six pick should be a guy who can come in here and make it difficult for them not to insert him in the starting lineup. Yeah, I'm praying that it's a starter. Like we, it's been so long since we've had a guy who came in um, early in the draft and started for this team. Um, One, the roster being talented, so they didn't have a an opportunity to start. But um, when you've got a top ten pick, the roster probably isn't so hot. So 
you definitely need to get a starter with this pick. No question about it. And, and fans are going to be so desperately um, looking forward to this pick. So you've got to get it right. Um, so I'm hoping that um, potentially the drafting team will have more say in the room, the war room with Howie Roseman. Um, potentially we heard that Dorsey is uh, contracted to help the team, you know, with the draft, who knows if how much of his involvement there will be. Um, but, you know, he's had a history of, of picking out really mm-hmm. solid players in the draft. So if he can provide input, uh, I'm hoping that that is somewhere that he is giving Roseman some advice because a lot of times I feel Howie Roseman's more of a financial guy and not a football guy. So um, if you are able to get some football perspective, I'm yeah. hoping that, uh, Howie Roseman will ask for some advice or some help uh, in that area this coming off season. So yep. we're, we're over a month away from the draft. Uh, the coaching staff will be sorted out eventually. So a lot is in the balance of time for this team. Time will tell if the right decisions are made. Um, but I do so appreciate you coming on the show, Derek. It Absolutely. Has been, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I hope all the listeners of the Kelly Green Show will go check out his podcast, subscribe to the Eagles Brawl podcast for more episodes of the Kelly Green Show, and fly Eagles fly. The Meat Lovers Pizza from Pizza Hut. With over one pound of meat and cheese, pepperoni, bacon, pork, beef, ham, and sausage. Man, that's a lot of meat. $12.99 for a limited time. No one out pizzas the hut. Extra charge for certain crusts. Availability, prices, and combinability of discounts vary. This summer, Sprite is bringing you the Live from the Label Tour, featuring live stream concerts from your favorite hip-hop artists, including Lotto, Saweetie, and Jack Harlow. Need a ticket? Just buy a Sprite bottle and scan the label. Scan three bottles and see three of this summer's hottest shows. We causing a commotion. Brought to you by Sprite. Get your ticket to Sprite's Live from the Label Tour when you purchase a 20-ounce Sprite or Sprite Zero Sugar at your nearest retailer. Copyright 2021, the Coca-Cola Company. All rights reserved. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.